1: Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, the day of Christ, will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin, who is that man of sin? It's the Antichrist. The man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who, who does what? He opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So even in the Apostle Paul's day, he's saying there's one coming that is going to do these things. How can I keep from
0: Today on Truth in Christ, Scripture says it is the last hour and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Welcome to our Bible study. John speaks of this Antichrist who is a world dictator who leads humanity into what seems to be a golden age until he shows his true colors and the judgment of God is poured out on him and his empire immediately before the return of Jesus. We should take notice because the world stage is set for a political and economic Superman to arise. A single political leader to organize a world-dominating confederation of nations. National leaders speak of a new world order, but no one has been able to really define it, much less lead it. Yet this leader is coming. And now let's join Pastor Rob to see what God has to say about this
1: leader. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming. This is a person, a specific person on the human level, on the stage of the earth, perhaps living, breathing, even right now. But he says that there are many Antichrists. Now these are people who are like him. Not the Antichrist himself, but people who are like him, who hate Christ, who hate his word, who hate his people and hate his word. But he says this Antichrist, this occurs five different times in the Bible, and a couple of the times here in John, in First John, and then the, the final time in the Second uh, in 2 John in, in verse seven. Look over at verse 22 really quickly. It says, "Who is a liar?" But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Is there a religious system that you have heard of or maybe were involved in that that denied that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is God in the flesh? If you were, that is a system influenced by Antichrist, not Jesus Christ. In first John chapter four, which we'll get to in a few weeks, this is Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Notice by this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. We live in those days, even more so. Notice there's one person. The Antichrist is called by many titles. He's called the Antichrist. He's also called the man of sin. He's called the little horn in Daniel chapter 8, which we don't have time to get into today. He's also called the abomination of desolation. He's called the lawless one. He is opposed to everything that is Christ. Opposed to everything and his campaign promises are shown us in scripture. I would encourage you to read daniel chapter nine verses twenty four through twenty seven but it 's really speaking of the seventieth week of Daniel, the last seven years before on the earth before Jesus comes physically to the earth and sets up his millennial reign. But one of the interesting things in Daniel chapter nine uh, it, it talks about this This plan, this timetable, if you will, and it's very accurate, it's very interesting. But in verse 27, it speaks of this Antichrist who is going to confirm a covenant with many for a week. We know that the last seven years of history before Jesus comes onto the earth, it is known as the Great Tribulation Period. It's a week of years. That's what the Bible means when it says a week, a week of years. And we know that it says, he, speaking of this Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many for a week. But in the middle of the week, right in the middle of that, th- that seven-year period, at the three-and-a-half-year mark, he will bring an end to the sacrifice and offering in a rebuilt temple that will be in Jerusalem at that time. And, he, and, he, and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. And so we know that this one is coming This person. In Jesus, chapter 24, turn with me there if you would. Matthew 24. Did I not give you the scripture? Jesus 24? 24? Boy, Jesus is on my mind. That's a book I want to read. I'm reading, we're reading it. (laughs) That's really funny, isn't it? Jesus 24, I got Jesus on the mind. Wow, that's interesting. I'll be 50 in about a month and a half. And I'm already losing my mind. Matthew 24, Jesus spoke of this Antichrist. Now, I want you to to notice something in this passage. We're going to look at verse 15. He says, Therefore, he's speaking to the Jews, and he's speaking to his disciples on the Mount of Olives. They call this the Olivet Discourse. This whole entire chapter, the Olivet Discourse. And it's speaking of these last times, specifically the Great Tribulation period and what's coming after that, during the Great Tribulation period. But notice what he says to his disciples. And notice, Jesus says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Now, let me ask you a question. Think of the, 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 the timeline here. People thought that this was fulfilled back in uh, earlier in history when Antiochus sacrificed a pig in the temple and put an image or something like that of himself in there. But Jesus says, hundreds of years after Daniel wrote that, it was inspired by God himself, the book of Daniel. And now Jesus, several hundred years later, is saying, by the way, remember that abomination of desolation that's spoken of by Daniel the prophet? He's urging them, when you see it, he's speaking to the Jews. When you, speak to them, when you see it, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. And you can read the rest of the passage. But what is he saying? It's still yet future. It hasn't happened yet, has it? Has it happened since Jesus was alive up until now? The answer is no. Is it going to happen yet in our future? Yes, it is. So he's speaking of an event that is yet future. Yet future. Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This one, this Antichrist, Antichristos, not only in opposition of, but in the place of, that word anti-means. But notice in Second Thessalonians 2, beginning in verse 1, he says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, the day of Christ, will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin, who is that man of sin? It's the Antichrist. The man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who who does what? He opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So even in the Apostle Paul's day, he's saying there's one coming that is going to do these things. But he is not going to be revealed until the falling away first happens. And then the man of, the, the son of, or the, the man of sin will be revealed. But the church has to be removed before that because we'll, we'll be able to point our fingers right at him and be a real thorn in his side. And CNN's not going to cover that coverage who opposes, he exalts himself above all that is called God and that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he will be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he be taken out of the way. And then... The lawless one will be revealed. Who is the one? Who is the one that is restraining these things from happening? The spirit of God in the church, when the church is raptured, believe me, everything that is vile is going to come through like you would not believe. There's going to be, going to be no restrictions. There's going to be no pushback at all when the church is removed, and then he will be revealed. It has to happen in that order. Otherwise, we would call him out very quickly and be a real pain in his side. But when we're removed. And he has told them a lie. Oh, these people who are taken, they're taken for judgment. You people are the ones who are left. You're the blessed ones. Follow me. <laughs> I'll give you everything you want. I'll give thousands of dollars to each person. <laughs> I said that for a reason. Craziness. Everyone would be like, wow. This one who is coming on the scene... Revelation 13 speaks of this Antichrist. Verse 13, verse 1, it says, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, John reporting here, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. Remember, sea is humanity, the nations of the world. And I saw this beast. The beast is the Antichrist. I saw him rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And we'll look at that later. And on his he- horns, ten crowns, and on his heads, a-, a blasphemous name. Now, the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon, the devil, himself gave him his power his throne and great authority and i saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded and his deadly wound was healed and all the world marveled and followed the beast there's evidently going to be some assassination attempt on this world leader that's going to be coming on the scene he is going to die and he is going to be resurrected he's going to come back to life except not by the spirit of god but by satan himself can you imagine being empowered by the devil himself and he's not gonna have horns and a tail and speak all nasty things. He's probably gonna be the most best looking guy you've ever seen. He's probably gonna be the smoothest talker you've ever heard. He's gonna have some programs that are gonna dazzle the world. He's gonna be so influential, people are gonna be like, their jaws are gonna be hit the ground. Where have you been all of our life? Where have you been? It's about time. And they will worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, "Who was like the beast? Who was able to make war with him?" And he and he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for forty-two months, three and a half years. And then he opened his mouth. I'm sorry, uh, excuse me. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, God the Father, to blaspheme His name, His tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. He does that because they're in heaven. The church is in heaven, and he's going to blaspheme God and those who dwell with him in heaven. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints, those who are going to be on the earth at those times who will have to go through. Uh, Some of them will be saved during the tribulation period, and they will go through great difficulty, but they will be saved. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of the Lamb of Life, slain before the foundation of the world. Is your name written in the Lamb Book of Life? I hope it is. You need to know Jesus. But notice in verse 19, it says, They went out from us, these influencers, these these men who were filled with the spirit of Antichrist, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be manifest, that none of them were for us. And Judas is a great example of this. Judas was numbered among the twelve. Did Jesus know that Judas was a, was a, a thief? Did he know that he was going to be the one who was going to betray him? Of course he did. He even let him to be the, the treasurer for the group. He held the bag of money. What accountability that is. God knew exactly where his heart was, but he gave him every opportunity to turn from his sin. To to turn. And yet Judas was the one who sold Christ for 30 pieces of silver. We don't have time to go into the scriptures, but it's amazing to me. You know, Judas was the treasure. He was a thief. He was never born again. He never called Jesus Lord. He called called him teacher. He went out from among them, but he was not of them. The devil has learned to adopt the adage if you can't beat the church, join the church. And the truth of the matter is, the devil is active. He's working inside from within, and he's also attacking from the outside. He did that with the disciples, with Judas. He does it from the inside by deceiving pastors to be men of gold rather than to be men of God. He does this by filling seminaries with liberal scholars who are, are intelligent men but do not have the Spirit of God in them or, or, or are even led by the Spirit of God. He does this by having church leadership, uh, having men influencing the church which, with Fortune 500 ideas that they've learned from their corporations, bringing those into the churches and programs for church growth. If you remember back in 1942, C.S. Lewis wrote this book called The Screwtape Letters. And the, the, the book is basically about a senior demon named Screwtape and his young protege, Wormwood. And Wormwood was uh, tasked with the, with, the, uh, with the goal of deceiving and, and capturing a man's soul, who was named as the patient. That's his name in the book. But I want to read to you something because the devil attacks from within and he attacks from without. But this is what Screwtape writes a letter to Dear Wormwood, and he says this, Be sure that the patient, the patient being the man who is going to be they're trying to overthrow him, be sure that the patient remains completely fixated on politics, arguments, political gossip, and obsessing on the faults of people. They have never met serves as an excellent distraction from advancing in personal virtue, character, and the things the patient can control. Make sure to keep the patient in a constant state of angst, frustration, and general disdain towards the rest of the human race in order to avoid any kind of charity or inner peace from further developing. Ensure the patient continues to believe that the problem is out there in the broken system rather than recognizing there is a problem with himself. Pretty interesting. The devil has learned to join the church. He doesn't need to attack it from without so much. He does that. He does attack from without, but he often does it from within. He wrote another one uh, uh, to his nephew, Wormwood, and he said this. He says, let him, let the patient begin by treating patriotism as part of his religion. Then let him, under the influence of partisan spirit, come to regard it as the most important part. Then quietly and gradually nurse him on to the stage at which the religion becomes merely a part of the cause in which Christianity is valued chiefly because of the excellent arguments it can produce. And once he's made the world an end, and faith a means, you have almost won your man, and it makes very little difference what kind of worldly end he is pursuing." That hurts, doesn't it? Remember that we are Christians first, before we we're Americans. I'm a patriot, I love my country. You know but notice the devil can even get us sidelined and, and, and looking and, and, and viewing patriotism as, as the you know, somehow Christianity and patriotism are one. They are not. They are elements of our, we're a patriot because of the ideals that we stand for, and those values may be good, but never confuse the two. Never confuse the two. We are Christians first. And if we are a good Christian, we're going to be the best citizen of this country. But if we are just a patriot, we are not going to be very good for this country. Our marching orders are very different. They're higher, they're greater, they're better. Does that make sense? Jesus said, you will know you will know them by their fruits. These men who go out from among us, but they weren't of us, Let's go on to verse 20. It says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. And I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. And the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses are just one example of organizations, religious entities that believe that Jesus Christ is not God. God. I remember when I first got saved, I had a good friend of mine. And he actually grew up here in Rochester, but we were all down in Florida. And I went to him, and I was bent on converting him. (laughs) Because, you know, I was just a young Christian. I wanted to tell him the truth. And little did I know that in that time period where we hadn't seen each other for so long, his family got back into Jehovah's Witness. And they were really staunch Jehovah's Witnesses now. And so finally, when I go to speak to him... He's all gung-ho, and I'm all gung-ho, and the battle is beginning, right? We start talking, and he starts, and the Lord did something really cool that day. My friend pulled out his New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures, which is the Jehovah's Witness Bible, and he opens up to John chapter 1, and he reads this, and this is the way it's read in the New World Translation. It's not a good translation at all. It says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. you have a problem with that? I do, and so did the many Greek scholars who said that's, that the word A, the indefinite article, it's not there. It's not there. And the Lord perked me up on that, and we had this battle because A, God, is just another, another deity, polytheism, just another God, not that important. Jesus is the word, but he's just one of many. Just believe in them all, you know that kind of thing. And that's a real problem. And they, do, they deny that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And many other things they twist. Pray for my friend. We were best friends. But we came to the point where we couldn't really talk to each other. The rift had been too big. It's been years since I've spoken with him. Would you, when you think of it, would you pray for him? That he might come to know the truth and be radically saved. Notice what verse 23 says. It says whoever denies the son does not have the father either. But he who acknowledges the son has the father also. There are some people who say, "Well, I believe in God the Father, but I don't believe in Jesus Christ." Well, right here it says, "Well, you have neither then." Cuz God's salvation is Jesus Christ. Jehovah Shua, God's salvation. God sent he he put him in charge. It is because of Christ. That's his salvation. That's God's method. It's his very expression. He's the Logos, right? He's the very expression of God in human form. He is the one that you have to contend with. He's the one you have to believe in. If you believe in him, you got all of us, (laughs) God is saying. you got me too. But if you deny him, he's the only thing that is, Jesus is the only one, who can save you from your sins? You deny that and you've got nothing, but you accept him and you got everything. Does it make sense? So anyone who says to you, "Well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus." Well, it's not a good thing. You don't believe you're not going to get any of it. You're not going to see any of those. You're not going to be in fellowship with any of those. So be encouraged, you know, as we looked at this chapter, loving the world and hopefully not loving the world and certainly this Antichrist who is coming on the scene and even the spirit of Antichrist moving very deceitfully even in our country. Beware. Read your Bibles. Pray to the Lord. Get active in serving him. First spend time with him, good time with him, and then work. Do things for him, but first know him. If you don't know him, forget everything else and just get to know him. Spend the time that you need at his feet, get to know him, and then you serve him. Get to know him. Let's stand. Father, we thank you for the encouragement of your word, Lord. This is not an easy passage. Lord, it's a dark passage because it speaks of our adversary and his man who will come on the scene in the latter days, and we live in those days, Lord, and we know that things are being prepared. Lord, help us not to be concerned about what he's doing so much. Help us not to be worried about his schemes and plans. Lord, help us to know the truth so much, Lord, that the counterfeit would just fall by the wayside. We would know the truth so much that anything that opposes it, Lord, would be very obvious to us. Lord, give us great discernment over our own hearts and in the world we live in today and encourage us, God. By your Spirit, fill us and encourage us, God. Pour out your Spirit on us. We need you more than ever, and we love you, and we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. God bless you. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles.